Hey there, I'm Dr. Jerry Creed, and welcome to Hear the Word. And today uh, we're going to be reading the Sunday readings for the third Sunday of Lent. And I'm going to provide some meditation, some guided uh, meditation through this process. I hope you'll be able to uh, stay with me. Hopefully you find yourself in a comfortable place. Uh, I kind of review some of my basic meditation uh, you know, standards, or it's not really the right word, more like principles. And some of them include the ability to, uh, get your feet on the ground, notice your body, notice muscle tension, take in some deep breaths. If you've had a busy day like me today, you might be in a bit of a whirlwind. And so you've been rushing around or you're taking care of business and you need to get into the right place in order to draw closer to God, take him in his word. And you know, what's interesting is the topic for today is about emotional regulation. At least that's the one I came up with. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that and also dissociation on be with the word. There's the corresponding episode 68, where I will be discussing the Sunday readings in more detail. And, uh, but one of the things I'll just point out is there's a difference between meditation and emotional regulation, because not all of us are able to stop what we're doing in a stressful situation. And get into a place of meditation, right? Where we're in a quiet spot and we're practicing our breathing and we're, you know, able to focus uh, on that activity. And we kind of get into a very uh, peaceful spot. Not that isn't always possible. So what I want to bring up is the idea of emotional regulation. And sometimes that has to happen even before one can meditate. But if we're in a busy, busy day, maybe it has to do with work or family life, or there's just a lot of things going on. We need to sometimes learn how to regulate our emotions so we don't become overwhelmed or we don't become reactive. And the one takeaway that I'm going to bring to this for this meditation is to focus on the idea of changing the way I think about the situation. And if we're able to, in a difficult situation, we can always practice our breathing, relax our muscles. We can do all those things we've been working on since Advent 2020 here on Hear the Word. But I want to invite you to do those if you can, but also to notice that if you're very stressed or maybe something is happening where someone is being rude or we're waiting in line for a long time and we're becoming impatient or someone has hurt our feelings or is acting in some way inappropriately. Oftentimes, right away, we think that is unjust and that's wrong and they're harming me, right? And that creates uh, more anger. I want to point out that it's okay to feel anger 
We're going to find that out in the readings. It's okay to be jealous. It's okay to have a feeling. What's not okay is to allow that feeling to kind of fester and overwhelm and cause reactivity. So our anger, appropriate anger, becomes rage or wrath. Our sense of injustice becomes vengeful, right? Our sense of shame um, becomes unendurable and we lash out on others or shame someone else. The sin or the problem comes in sometimes with our reaction. So we're wanting to practice noticing our emotions, acknowledging them, and then thinking about how we can think about the situation differently. Sometimes that means, hey, recognizing someone else has an issue. They're the ones who are broken. Their rude behavior is something about them, not about me. I have the right to be angry about an injustice but I don't make that injustice gap greater by taking it out on them, right? And now I'm creating more rage, more um, sin in me, and I'm possibly also encouraging the other person or persons to become more negative as well. And so the new thought might be, how can I change this situation for the better? How can I take on a bit of uncomfortable feelings or impatience or hurt and turn it into something good. Can't always do it. It's not always going to be perfect, but you can change the way you think about it in a way where you're able to make that effort. So that's what I'm going to encourage you to do as we read these readings and as we enter into this meditation is practicing the idea that my emotions can actually come down when I change the way I view the situation. In this example, we see um, God is actually jealous in the Exodus story. And we see that Jesus is actually angry in the Gospels. And so we recognize that emotions themselves are not wrong. And when appropriately expressed and understood, they can lead to taking an action or motivate a person. They have a good pur- they can have a good purpose. All right, so let's begin. The first reading is from Exodus. I'm going to choose the shorter version for today. In those days, God delivered all these commandments. I, the Lord, am your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt that place of slavery, you shall not have other gods besides me. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not leave unpunished the one who takes his name in vain. Remember to keep holy the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother, that you may have a long life in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male or female slave, nor his ox or ass, nor anything else that belongs to him. 
And as we breathe in these words, we may have parts that sometimes react to all the things we should not do and the rules and restrictions, the authority. And if that's the case, that's understandable. But we're going to practice changing the way we think about some things. We're going to allow ourselves to be open to the idea that these rules and laws are given to us because God loves us and wants good for us. And although they may be difficult in some cases, we know that his jealousy toward his people is because of love. And sometimes the harsh words of punishment are meant to direct, are meant to guide us, motivate us. We're going to allow ourselves to be moved by that, allow ourselves to be open to God's love and his goodness. So we read the psalm. Lord, you have the words of eternal life. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. Lord, you have the words of, of everlasting life. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. They are more precious than gold, than a heap of purest gold, sweeter also than syrup or honey from the comb. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. And so we notice that there are times as human beings that we struggle with doing the right thing or struggle with the rules, struggle with God's laws. And here we hear, try to take in a new way of thinking about them. That even though some may be difficult and hard, that they bring us everlasting life. And fearing the Lord, which I understand to mean being in awe, recognizing our place in the universe next to God, how small we are. Can actually be liberating. That we have a protector who wants what's good for us. Even when it's difficult. And the reading from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, 
Jews demand signs, and Greeks look for wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are called, Jews and Greeks alike, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So again, we're being asked to look at things in a different way. God's wisdom is not the same as human wisdom. God tells us, for example, that suffering can bring life, can be transformative. That even through death, we can reclaim our lives. That's turning man's wisdom on its head. It also says the weakness of God. So interesting, the weakness of God, as if God was weak, is stronger than human strength. So God's choice, Christ's choice to be weak, to allow death, gives him strength. What a radical departure from the way the world thinks about everything. And so we read the gospel according to John from chapter two. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples rem remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, Many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. And so in this passage, we're also reminded, right? Jesus was angry. But he didn't turn his anger into just rage. He had a purpose and he made a purpose at a point. And it became a teaching moment and an exposed hypocrisy and injustice 
and even blasphemy. And he used his anger for a good purpose rather than an evil purpose. And so we're reminded again that we can practice our breathing techniques and our relaxation techniques and we can get ourselves grounded. But that the next step can be, how do we look at the situation? Which can be a challenge if we're feeling hurt or, we've, or we're feeling grieved in some way. Somebody has harmed us in some way. And so our challenge is, how can I look at this pers- from a different perspective? Possibly from God's, if we can. That's a tall order. But we can look at it um, for a greater purpose. How can I turn this moment into a moment of good? How can I turn this moment into the possibility of conversion for someone? How can I turn this moment into a moment of grace or blessing? And when we practice that, our lives are changed. All right, that's what I have for you today. I hope you've enjoyed this little meditation and this reflection. I hope you'll join me over on Be With The Word. We'll, uh, I'll say a few more words about this, about these readings. I've been talking about dissociation. Um, I also hope you'll join us on soulsandhearts.com and uh, taking all the really good uh, podcasts that Dr. Peter's doing. Uh, we, we just did one on pornography before that he had one on masturbation. He's hitting all the difficult, tough topics and there's going to be more to come. We've also got a number of free courses on our website as well as, um, some, uh, one, uh, course for couples in working through pornography addiction and another one for uh, young people discerning vocation. All right. Well, I enjoyed uh, doing this meditation. I hope you did too. Uh, I would wish you well. Till next time, be still, believe, be loved. Take good care. Bye-bye.